ya en el cuaderno salió una gatita sí, amarilla que se llama Linda. Oh, sí. sí ¿Tú sí. cómo te llamas? Adán. ¿Cómo? Adán. Adán se llama. Adán. Te criaron con polvo de la tierra. <laughs> sí. Back in February, before 2020 got completely weird, I traveled to Mexico to visit some friends of mine in the border town of Reynosa and the mountain town of Saltillo, where they've worked nearly their entire lives caring for kids and communities in need. Today, all these months later, it's time to check back in with Micah Carter of Big Heart Orphanage and one of his most loyal supporters, a friend of mine, Brad Charles, guys who've chosen to live their lives on the edge of adventure. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Brad and Micah, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Guys, it's it's great to see you. You know, um, this is going to be an interesting conversation. We want to get some updates, find out how you're doing in Mexico and all of those wonderful things. But you you two and I, the three of us, we've been friends for a while. So this is a special treat for me to get to catch up with you guys, see how you're doing, and also check in at the Big Heart Orphanage and see how the kids are doing. So uh, a lot to catch up on. So um, uh, we'll uh, let's kick it over to you first. Micah, how, how have you guys been? And this has been a very interesting year. It's been a very challenging year. Brad and I uh, had the opportunity to go out and visit you guys back in February. We had a uh, opportunity to see you guys and all that was going on there. Since then, the world has changed. Um, quite a bit, yeah, quite yeah. a bit. How are you guys doing? Um, I mean, we're, we're still taking it a day at a time. Um, we've been very fortunate and blessed that we haven't had any issues uh, you know, you know, and our group of kids and our, our family, as far as, uh, anyone getting sick or anything like that. And, uh, so we're very blessed to, to be able to say that we do know that it has taken effect here in Reynosa quite, quite heavily, um, over the past, you know, what, I guess six months or so. Um, we do have some people close to us that have unfortunately passed because of the, the, the virus and everything. But, um, it really changed up our year for us because, um, I mean, everything, everything kind of stopped. Uh, we went directly to, to doing school online towards the end of the year last year. And, uh, so the kids had to adjust to that knowing that going into next year, they were more than likely going to be online. So, so they adjusted to that. Well, um, unfortunately the internet service here in Mexico isn't the best. Uh, so I think, uh, I mean, I don't know, it, it runs slow, let's say. Um, so to have six to eight computers now trying to do Zoom calls and all that kind of stuff, it, you know, gets bogged down. And, and so we run into issues there. But the kids, you know, and, and our teachers, they know, they know that that's all a part of it. And so they're, they're learning to adjust to that. But for us uh, as a whole, and as far as Big Heart goes, um, the, the coronavirus kind of just stopped everything as far as people coming um, and visiting because usually our spring is, is a pretty heavy time when, when teams come from all over and then our summer is our busiest time. And so all, all teams canceled from, I mean, I think y'all 
probably were the last people that came in February. Maybe we may have had one other team come uh, towards the end of February, but nothing in March. Uh, and until now, we haven't had any teams come down. Um, and uh, so it's been interesting adjusting to that. We, we've had this project that we're working on right now where we're building a new kitchen for the orphanage uh, and cafeteria area, which includes a laundry room and some bathrooms and all that. Um, and so we've been able to continue to work on that. Thankfully, um, just, we, we do rely on teams that come down to help with, with the finances, uh, cause they bring down material money for materials or bring down materials themselves. And also the, the labor, uh, they jump in there and, and help us out. Uh, but not having teams has just been myself and, and our guys that, that work with us on a day-to-day basis. And we've been taking, you know, chopping away at a, you know, one day at a time, but, um, and it's coming along. Um, and we're very excited about, uh, it being done hopefully before the end of the year. Um, so we got set back on that quite a bit, but I mean, it's all part of this whole situation that I think everybody's trying to adjust to. Um, and the kids are doing well. They understand that, you know, it's a hard time for everybody. Uh, again, they, I believe that they also understand that we're very fortunate that we have a small pool and we have a playground and we have uh, an open area where they can ride bikes and, and play soccer and and kickball and volleyball and skateboard and all that. Um, although they may be confined into this, these walls that, that they live in, uh, they're still able to go out and play and have a good time, which it's not the same case for our neighbors and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, we are very blessed in that sense that, that we've taken advantage of that and know that, you know, other people don't have it as fortunate as we do right now. So, um, but besides that, I mean, like I said, just taking a day at a time, staying healthy, um, and, uh, seeing what, what comes next. So. Well, it's good to hear. I know it's been a challenging year, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that you guys are, uh, getting through it, being innovative and creative and continuing to take care of those, the kids there at Big Heart Orphanage in Reynosa. Of course, when uh, Brad and I were down uh, on site with you guys back in February, we were briefly in Reynosa with you guys. We got to see that, see the wonderful operation there, and then also got to travel in farther inland, into to farther into Mexico, to the area, the part of Mexico, which is uh, Saltillo, near the, the large city of Saltillo. You guys are kind of on the outskirts there. Um, so we're going to talk about that and several updates we need to be sure we uh, take care of. But Brad, let me kick it over to you. Uh, I know I asked you this question similarly when, when we were down in Mexico at on site there with the guys. But you really are the reason why I ever got connected with Big Heart um, because you've been working on and off through the years with Big Heart. You've, uh, you, you know, you've always been very supportive of them and you've had construction projects. How long has it been? How long you've been working with them? And what was it that really drew you to what those guys do there in Mexico? Um, it's funny. I, when I was 13, I went on my first missions trip to Mexico and we worked with Gator which is Micah's dad. And, um, it, uh, I don't know. It, uh, it kind of, I guess floored me from my, um, you know, normal suburban life to going down, you know, and, and 
helping people, um, you know, with, uh, with labor, with money, with, uh, you know, with, um, just given whatever you had, I was 13. I didn't know how to do anything. So, um, I mean, basically just, just loving them, you know, the, the kids and, and the, the teachers and the people in charge and getting to know Gator and Deanna, um, Micah's mom. And, uh, just, uh, I don't know from, from then on, um, I kind of, I got disconnected for several years, but then, uh, when, um, I don't know how long ago, Micah, uh, when we did did your house 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I like reconnected with them. Um, and, um, just, I went down there when Micah decided to kind of go full-time helping, you know, um, Gator and Deanna, um, that we, we, I went back down there with a big construction team and we helped build Micah's house. And so from then on, I mean, me and Micah have just been, you know, I mean, probably as good of friends as, as me and you are, Adam. I mean, we're, 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 we're tight. I mean, uh, just, uh, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with, with the place, the attitude, the ministry, the, um, you know, just doing good for people. Um, I mean, that's, that's what we all need to do. Whatever gifts we have, we need to give to people. And that's a, that's a message, Brad, that you are always very good to, to drive home. So I know that for some of the other projects you've had in, uh, in Puerto Rico and Colombia and some of these other areas where you've worked and you've been supportive of organizations, you always remind people that they have a gift of some kind. You know, everybody's got a gift. I like how you, I think you say something to the effect of, I mean, you're good at something, right? Right. <laughs> Exactly. And, and so use that, use that to help other people. And that's a message that you've driven home in all the different ways and different places that you've helped. And I know that that's, it's something that's very true in your own life. Okay. So you got involved back as a teenager, early in your teen years, helping Big Heart. You got to know Micah and his family that way. You, your expertise is what, and how do you use it to help these organizations like Big Heart in Mexico? I'm, I'm a carpenter. Um, and there's a, a I, I've been a carpenter for probably 25 years. So um, I've, you know, pretty much just go all around, you know, the world helping people just doing carpentry work. I mean, building, helping building orphanages or Red Cross stations or, or, um, you know, kitchens or, or whatever, um, putting roofs on and stuff. But, you know, that's, that's what God has let me learn how to do. And that's like my talent. Um, not the best, but you know, that's, that's what, that's what I got to give. All right. So Micah, now let me ask you, what's it been like over the last few years having to put up with Brad? Uh, it's always fun. There's always an adventure when Brad comes. Um, and I say that in a positive way. I mean, he comes down with a positive attitude, brings a couple guys. Sometimes he'll just come by himself. He'll just, he'll call me up and say, Hey, I need a weekend off or, or, 
uh, I need to get away for, for, you know, four days and I'd love to come and help. And so he'll come down. Um, and well, there's always a project that, that has, you know, that needs to get done and that, that we're either already working on or that we've set aside that we we're going to get to eventually. And Brad's like, well, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. All right. Well, come on down. And, and then, so we, we have a couple days of hanging out and working together and, and getting stuff done and then we'll go somewhere. I mean, you know, if, you know, from one, one minute to the next, it's like, Hey, let's go to, to, I don't know. What was the last place we went to? Um, uh, La Pesca. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's, let's go to La Pesca. I was like, all right, let's go. We jump in the car and head down there. Sometimes we'll go to Monterey or we'll go to Victoria or, or you know, wherever. That sounds just like Brad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is Brad. That's quintessential. That's him. And it's an adventure. And so not only do we enjoy having him here and, and getting to, to hang out and while we're doing stuff here and getting things done that need to get done, uh, but just the fellowship. Uh, and like, like Brad said, I mean, since he's been coming down, the, the, the relationship that we've been able to, to have um, and the fellowship that we've been able to, to share during the time that he's been here. I've gone to, to see him and his family in, in uh, Georgia and, uh, and enjoy that time over there. But it's just become, you know, like a brotherhood, and uh, it's it's been it's been awesome. Uh, we enjoy it. So, yeah. Micah, as these groups come down, clear. Look, we, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that for an organization like yours to function, you you need a large network of people that care that care about the the region and the people that live there and they care about you. You need that. And, and of course, it goes without saying that an organization like yours needs funds. Okay. That's obvious. Okay. Well, that we know that that needs to, to happen. But as you get volunteers, as you get organizations, I mean, uh, people or organizations that send people to help you, what are the, what are the groups that bless you the most? And I don't I'm not even talking about financially in this in the, that this regard. When a group comes down and I know you guys work with large groups all the time pre covid. And once we get past this, what are the groups that really that really bless you guys? Um, that, that's that's kind of a tough question, because in, in every, every sense, every team that comes is a blessing because um, they they come down um, some not knowing at all what they're going to do when they get here. Uh, others plan it out a little bit better. Uh, but I mean, the ones that I enjoy the most are just the ones that, you know, like Brad said, there's something, you know, that you're good at something. So let's, you know, find, you know, find out whatever that is and, you know, use it. And if you're like, you know, if, if whatever talent you have, we're not going to be able to use, listen, we're going to be pouring concrete and we're going to work as a team. And uh, it's cool to see the teams that come down um, they may be involved in a church or from a school or, you know, it may be a church team that's coming, but just some people there invited some friends, you know, um, and they come down. And so it may be a team of 10, 15, 30, 40 people. And they may not know each other, uh, all of them know each other, but by the end of the week, they do. Uh, um, and by the end of the week that they, they, they know each other, um, they, They've, you know, built a, a good friendship together and they, you just see these relationships begin to grow. Uh, and then not only with them as, as, a, as a team, but then the communication and the time that they spend with the kids 
uh, here at Big Heart and the relationships that are built there and they that they go further than just the week or 10 days that they're here or three days that they're here. It goes further to say like, you know, writing letters with each other or coming down more than, you know, once a year, you know, maybe they, they plan a trip by themselves and come down and, and just continue that, that relationship with the kids so that they see that's an example of somebody that's wanting to do what maybe what God has put on their heart to do as far as going on a mission trip. You know, a lot of people I think come on a mission trip thinking, I don't know why I'm going, but I kind of feel like God's telling me to go. Uh, so let's go. Um, and, uh, or they just see it as an adventure or they see it as, well, I'm on vacation. I might as well do something with my time. But, um, uh, we're, we're blessed, uh, to hear, uh, which we hear often and I don't say it, um, pridefully or boasting about it, but you know, a team always comes wanting to help us and serve us and, you know, do whatever, but they, they, you know, we'll get, you know, we'll have talks or we'll hear from, from people that have come and just say, you know, like we, we came to bless, but we're the ones leaving blessed. Um, and, and that, and that's because of just what God does during that time that they're here and the relationships. And, and like, like Brad said, I mean, when, when people come, they kind of just become part of our family, just like any kid that walks in our gate. Um, every kid that comes and we, we work with and, and lives here and we get to invest time in when they come in that gate, it takes a few days to adjust, but within days, they are part of our family. Um, they are. <laughs> this is my lovely wife, by the way, <laughs> working hard uh, while I'm doing this video with you guys. Um, but uh, but that, that's the thing. I mean, we, we hope that when people come, they know that they feel at home and that they're part of the family. Uh, and I feel like people leave really feeling that love, really feeling that connection, really feeling, um, at home. So, um, so I want to ask the same question of Brad. I actually have two, two questions. First question for Brad is what is your advice to the group or the person who feels that call to help a missionary or a humanitarian organization to serve them in some way, some capacity, right? What's your advice to them as they come down What's the right perspective to have as the helper? I would say don't go in thinking you know it all. Go in saying, what do you need? And just do what they need. Because you don't know what they need. <laughs> right. But I, it, but sometimes I, I I'm sure sometimes it can be a challenge if if a person is really good at something and perhaps they've built a career on something back in the States, then they want to go help and they want to pull from that expertise. And they will, undoubtedly. But um, uh, sometimes things are done differently in other countries, as I think, uh, as we've yeah. learned. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I've, I always... Um, I try really hard to wherever I go to submit, you know, to that authority. I mean, Mike is younger than me, but I don't care. He runs this, the orphanage, you know, so I got to do what he wants to do. And I'm like, Mike, I don't think that's a stupid idea, but I end up doing it anyways, you know, <laughs> because that's what he wants done. And so you just, you got to do it. Every, I mean, everywhere you go your whole life, you got a boss and, you know, doesn't matter if you're a boss at home. 
you know, if 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 God wants you to go to a missions, um, you know, trip or whatever, you gotta do what they say, not what you think is right. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. You said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. And in the second half of or the second question, second part of that is just following up on on what Micah was saying. Uh, do you have you found that you come away feeling more blessed than maybe the blessing you were able to share while you were there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every time. Um, I mean, just, you know, I, I go to work every single day and I, you know, a lot of times I work harder when I'm, you know, that big heart than I do at home. <laughs> and, you know, but I still, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's what I have always wanted to do like full time is, you know, help people with what I know how to do, but you know, um, I need money too. So I got to work at home. <laughs> and then, you know, when I got a, a break in between houses or whatever, that's when I, I can go. Um, but, uh, every time it doesn't matter where I go. Um, it's um it's always when i go it's a reassurance of that's what i need to be doing with my with my life um just um but you know without doing what i do at home i wouldn't know how to do what i do when i go other places sure so yeah it it all has it's all got a purpose it's all yeah. got a place Exactly. And just for the sake of those watching the podcast and, and listening on the Edge of Adventure YouTube page, if you're not subscribed over there, please go over there, subscribe. And on that page, you will find great videos, uh, several of which uh, have Brad in them. And you can get a little you get to know him a little bit more um, on some of those videos that I have posted there. And then throughout the uh, Instagram and Facebook platforms for the Edge of Adventure. You'll find a lot of great videos that were taken back in in February. Very, just very um, off the cuff type videos where we got to know Micah and his family and all the work that they're doing there and the kids, those precious kids. And uh, just encourage you if you're catching this for the first time, check out some of those other videos on those other platforms. I think you'll. I think you'll be blessed. So let's go now talk uh, to Micah again. Question, knowing that not everybody necessarily watching this would know, but after we were there, we were there in February, we talked to your dad. His name is Gator. Talked to him. Um, we were out at the Saltillo location as well. Got to see that. Uh, your dad, however, took a fall. And he was uh, hurt pretty bad, but I understand you've got some good news that you can share with us at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, <clears throat> down at the the uh, orphanage in Saltillo in the mountains. We are also doing a um, construction project down there where we're building the new dorms for the kids, which will also include a cafeteria and kitchen area and all that dining area. Um, but on that project, uh, my dad was climbing up a scaffolding and, uh, double stack scaffolding. Um, so he, uh, he was up probably a good 
don't know, eight or 10 feet. And unfortunately the scaffolding, um, fell over. And so he, he fell over and on the concrete and then the scaffolding fell on top of him. And, um, he ended up getting, uh, I believe it was, it was three fractured vertebrae and I believe four fractured ribs. Um, and so he was, and that was back in April. Um, and uh, he's starting to get around a little better now. Um, fortunately, you know, has gone to shock therapy and doing a little bit of physical therapy now. And, uh, the doctor says that the bones have healed, uh, but he still just has a lot of pain. So he, he's able to, I mean, he was basically just in bed for at least, a, I would say at least a month. Um, and, uh, but, you know, starting to try to start getting up a little bit here and there, walk to the living room, sit in his chair for a little bit, and then have to go back and lay down because of the pain. But uh, he's, he's getting around a little better now, moving around slower uh, than normal. But um but uh, still in quite a bit of pain, but thankful that he's, you know, still walking around and driving back and forth from South Dio up here and stuff like that uh, when needed and stuff. But uh, yeah, just one day at a time is where we know that his pain will, will eventually go away. So, All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that he's doing better, but I'm not happy. I was hoping he was not in, in as much pain. Sounds like he's still dealing with the pain. So we'll keep him in in our prayers and also just have to check in on him, make sure we get an update as uh, he continues to heal. But um, I know, I know him well enough to know that he's a guy that loves to work and he loves to work on those properties and to make things better for those kids. And um, he's just got to, you know, things happen, but uh, tell him to be careful that uh, we love him. Want to be sure he's, uh, around for a long time because uh, some of that stuff can be very dangerous. Fill us in now. Uh, some of the people, of course, who've been following the Edge of Adventure, they have a good understanding about what you guys do. But give us the overview of what you do there in Reynosa and then also in Saltillo there in Mexico. So Big Heart was started uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, in fact, October, it'll be 20 years uh, that we opened our doors um, here in Reynosa. Uh, since then, we've been able to help um, a pretty good amount of kids, um, and we still have connections with kids that have already grown up and left um, and kind of started their lives uh, and moved back and had have families now and stuff like that. Um, but uh, we have our orphanage, um, and then we built a school for our kids at, at the beginning of it. Uh, we had just built it for our kids to kind of give them a homeschooling or a private school just for, uh, for the kids that are here at Big Heart and like our staff. Uh, but just because of the need and uh, just the constant um, requests from the, the local neighborhood uh, families, we ended up being able to register it as a Christian private school um, and open it up to the community. Uh, it's grown over the years. The first 10 years or so, we were, you know, again, when we opened it, it was for our kids. But as we started allowing kids from the neighborhood to come in, we were in the 60s, 70s, 80s students uh, in our school. It was just an elementary school. 
but since then we've grown to where we have a kindergarten, an elementary, uh, we have junior high, high school, and now we're even offering college courses uh, from a, a university that's in uh, Monterey. So we're kind of like a satellite for them. Uh, but all that to say we have just, un well, just over 500 students this year. Um, even with the situation with the COVID, um, we, we've had to make some adjustments uh, where needed. Um, but fortunately, we've, we've actually had more uh, families um, come and, and enroll into our school. Um, so that school is, is doing well, uh, learning how to do all the whole online teaching and stuff. And so that's, that's been fun to, to work through and, and we're still trying to figure it out. And I think it'll take uh, a little while to still get it down well, but the word is right now that they may spend this whole school year online uh, here in Reynosa. Um, the, at the very earliest, uh, it'd be January before they go back to actually being in a classroom. Uh, but it sounds like um, the more of what we hear and what my our principal reads and everything, it, it may be the whole year that they just do it all online. So that, that'll be challenging, but uh, we're ready for it. And then uh, besides our school, um, we... We also work a lot in our community, especially with teams that come down. Um, we do different outreaches uh, where we you know, feed people, um, build people's homes if they need it, build churches for pastors that need it, um, clean up local um, parks, and just do any sort of community outreach that we can. Um, and uh, we give out food on Monday mornings. Uh, we have families that come to our gate, and we hand out food for those in need. Um, and, uh, and then we have the orphanage now in Saltillo that came about two years ago. Uh, it was an orphanage that was already functioning. Um, it had been functioning for about 14, 15 years. And the missionaries that were running that, um, were already kind of up there in age. Um, they had, they had, um, decided that it was time for them to move back to where their family's from so that they could spend time with their kids and grandkids uh, and great grandkids. Um, and, uh, they reached out to us, asked us if we were interested in taking it over. At first we were like, there's no way. Um, but we'll be praying about it. You know, you know, we'll, if it's not that we're supposed to, then, you know, we'll be praying for the people that are supposed to be taking it over for you. And so we, we agreed to that and we committed to that and we went down and visited them and, and visited the place. And, um, it was, it was a process uh, of a few months that we, you know, just felt like, you know, we don't know how we're going to do it, but there's something in us. The more we pray about it, that we feel like God is telling us that this is the next step for Big Heart. And so when we when we decided that well, we felt like we had confirmation from God that, that that was what we were supposed to do, we we jumped in and we decided that we'd take it over. And so my parents ended up moving down there, and that's when my wife and I. Uh, I guess took over Reynosa um, along with my sister Opal. Uh, so we co-direct um, this location here in Reynosa and my parents moved down to the mountains. Uh, you're wondering how far it is. It's about a three and a half max four hour drive from Reynosa to, to 
to the orphanage in the mountains. It's just past Monterey, Nuevo León, Mexico, and right before you hit the big city of Saltillo, Coahuila. Um, so three states away, but only about a three and a half hour drive. Um, and they're doing well down there. Uh, they have eight kids already down there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going real well, real, real well. Brad, throughout, through the years, how have you seen the orphanage and their overall organization grow? Start have you know, listening to the story about how they started in Reynosa and then later, more recently expanded to Saltillo, but from the outside, right? I mean, you've obviously you've got a lot invested in them and the friendship and all that, but but you also have the perspective that is from the outside, right? As you've watched it grow and helped it grow. What's it been like for the last 10 to 20 years? Well, I there, I mean, when I was 13, the orphanage that Gator was running was in Benito Juarez. Isn't that right? Yep, that's correct. So how that was that wasn't called Big Heart, was it? No, that that one was called Benito Juarez. Okay. Uh, okay. but the name of it was Benito Juarez, but that was back uh, when I was we moved there when I was three, so that's thirty years ago, and we ran up run that for about five years. So and then Gator went and started his own thing. That was called that was Big Heart, right? That was twenty years ago. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean. As far as, um, you know, the orphan, it's funny. I know it's an orphanage, but I really don't spend any time with the kids. <laughs> I spend time with like Micah and Gator, Deanna, Jenny, um, and like Robert, which is um, the principal of the school um, at Regents. So I don't know. It's like, um, as far as growing, yes, it's grown exponentially. Um, it's it's great seeing seeing what it's become. Coming back every year, you're like, man, you pour more concrete here, there, there. You put in the bathroom there. That's great. Um, it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's almost like you're. I'm proud of them, you know. And it's not just like I mean, we've all seen people that just build their 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 own kingdoms um but it's not what this is it's uh i mean they're doing it for a reason they're doing it for a purpose and uh you know and they're going to be rewarded for it and they've already been rewarded for it um so um you know no telling what it's going to be in 20 more years uh, i i don't know i may you know move in down there who knows we're hoping <laughs> so let's talk about uh, some of the projects, recent projects, projects where even the kids join in and participate. So I've got a couple of pictures here as I look at your Instagram account. By the way, if you want to check them out on Instagram, it's at Big Heart Orphanage, at Big Heart Orphanage. Look them up, okay? So, uh, Micah, walk me through. What are we looking at here? Who's this? That's Angel. Angel uh, is here with his uh, one of his siblings, his sisters, and uh, we, we're we're in the process right now of of building, uh, like I said, a new kitchen and cafeteria area here on on the grounds at Big Heart in Reynosa. And uh, what started the project started there was a there, we had a kitchen already, but it started with 
I just needed to replace the roof because there'd been add-ons the building to that building like two or three different times. And uh, so we just wanted to take the roof off, put a new roof over the whole thing uh, to, to, to get rid of the leaks that we had and the messed up ceilings because of leaks and all this kind of stuff. So we, st- we started with that, took off the roof. And as we took off the roof, uh, we realized that the, the building was pretty much falling in uh, the, the block walls because uh, what I, I didn't mention before, when we bought this property 20 years ago, oh, well, we actually bought it 24 years ago, 25, 24, 25 years ago. It used to be a Bible school. So the buildings are 40, 50 years old. And so when we took this roof off, these old walls were ready to cave in. So we just like, even though it wasn't in the budget, which we don't really carry a budget, but we didn't think we were going to have to build the whole thing uh, over again. We just wanted to put a roof on it turned into a huge project. So we ended up knocking down all the walls um, and, you know, besides the roof, knocking down all the walls and starting from scratch. Um, so the kids saw us working on it, you know, constantly and, and they were constantly wanting to help. And some of the boys would come and help here and there and the girls. And then they were like, well, we, we want to help, you know, more. And so we, we dedicated a day, like a Saturday and they were all excited. So we worked with them during the morning, just at, right after breakfast ran out there as you can see they're they're doing a lot of digging and stuff we were digging the the footings for the new building and so they helped you know with moving a lot of dirt and spreading stuff out and they i mean they worked hard uh i think they you know it really blessed me because it's like they took pride in the fact that wow we're, we're gonna have a new kitchen and a new dining room and a new laundry room and all this um and because we i mean we we have multiple buildings on our property but we all eat together as a family all of us, uh, every single meal we eat together, we do everything together. Um, and so they, you know, that same mindset of, you know, it's, we're, we're a big family. So they saw it as, wow, we're getting a new kitchen and we want to be a part of it helping. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome to see them work so hard and no complaints, no, you know, no nothing. Uh, and then we worked until lunchtime and then after lunch got in the pool and hung out. And so it was a really good day. We, we had a lot of fun with them and and so the project is, of course, a lot further along from that. Um, I think that was back in January or, or February, I believe. But uh, on that that project, we're uh, it's gone to the slab, the walls, the roof. Everything's been run. All new electrical, all new plumbing. Everything uh, is run on that. Uh, in fact, today I was putting up sheetrock before I got on this phone call with you. So uh, running the sheetrock. I touched base with Brad earlier today uh, with some advice on, on, you know, some wainscoting that we want to put in it and, you know, just finishing work because we've, we've done the ceiling also already and now we've got the walls going up. And so it's, it's coming along very well. Uh, it's still got a little ways to go. Um, like I said, you know, hoping that by the end of the year, that project will be done. Our goal was to have it done by the end of August because we had expected all these teams to come and help us because of COVID and that not happening, pushback. But we're not complaining. We're, we're glad that it's getting done and, and we, we are enjoying the, the project. So um, it's, it's been good. It's been good. So, Mike, uh, describe for people, of course, what we want to see is people who watch this. I want them to reach out to you to get more information. Go to your website. Um, just reach out to you, encourage you, 
let you know that uh, they appreciate what you're doing because I know that so many people do. And then if, if possible, if it's a good fit, we'd love to have people support you guys financially. Um, one-time gift or whatever it is, you know, just um, do something, get involved. So paint the picture then. The, the locations there in Mexico where Big Heart Orphanage is, what is life like for that community? And what is it that Big Heart is providing in those organizations? I mean, in those, in those communities. So as an organization, you guys are able to provide what thanks to the partnership of everybody else? Um, I would say the, well, our neighborhood uh, is, is, I would say a middle-class neighborhood, middle to low-class. Um, um, there's a local kindergarten, elementary, junior high school um, that's about three blocks away from here. Um, and uh, most of the people in our area either have their own business, which is either being a mechanic or a mason or, um, yeah, those are the two of the main ones. Um, but the rest of them will more than likely, I would say about 80% of the people in our neighborhood uh, or more, maybe 90% work in the factories that are about a mile away from us. Uh, we, we live real close to a bunch of factories, anything from Caterpillar to Kohler, um, apply, you know, to, what else? Emerson. And I mean, there's a bunch of, of different factories around this area and that's the job that most people have, uh, working anywhere from, I mean, a short shift is probably about eight hours. Uh, you're not going to go in and work less than eight hours. Most people work anywhere from 10, 12, even 14 hour shifts a day. Um, and, uh, and so, the, the families that, that we're helping, the, the people that we help um, more than anything with the, with the kids here, we're giving a place to stay for, for kids that come from single moms. Um, these single moms are either working at a factory and working 10, 12 hour shifts, coming home and either trying to get some rest before they go back to work again, um, but still have to provide for their kids. Um, and if they're, you know, if, if she works a night shift, she's back during the day to be with them or try and get some rest. She's working a day shift and who's watching the kids. Um, they're either running the streets or uh, we've actually had some people, you know, where they actually they lock their kids in their house um, while they're at work. So what happens if there's a fire or if there's, you know, a, one of the kids gets hurt and they can't get in or out to, to help the kid? Um, you know, many things can happen, but. Uh, so what we do is we, we provide a safe place and a home and a family, uh, that will love on them, that will, um, show them God's love more than anything and, and, and point them to, to him and hope that they make a decision to, to follow Christ. Um, but, um, our goal is to also just bring hope to these families, hope to this community and, and, uh, and with the kids also giving them good quality education. Uh, we really strive to make sure that they are getting good education. And, and like I said, even though there's a local school here, um, two blocks away from our school, um, the, uh, just the effort that we put into our school and to make sure that we, we take time and we show, um, 
we show God's love to the kids. Uh, we're able to do a lot of, um, of things that most schools wouldn't be able to do because we, uh, we are known um, as a Christian private school. And so um, one of the huge opportunities that we have at our school is that even though we're a Christian school, I would say maybe maybe 70% now uh, still don't know, um, or, or maybe aren't followers of, of Jesus. So um, what we have the opportunity is that they're coming to our school because they, because of the quality and the, and, and the, the education that they're going to get. And while they're coming to, to come to a good school, they're then getting to know um, Jesus and um, through Bible studies, through conferences that we have, through um, just conversations and relationships that are built. Uh, and we're able to see kids come to Christ. Um, you know, I can't say this year because they're not meeting, but this last year we saw multiple kids come to Christ and, and even teachers uh, come to Christ. And so it's just been real cool to, to be able to have that opportunity and, you know, and know that it's a huge responsibility. I mean, how many churches that you see out there just, you know, wanting to share the word and reach people, uh, and they're trying to find ways to bring the lost into their, into their doors. And God's like, well, y'all are, y'all built this school and you've, you know, we've worked together to, to, to set up this, this, uh, program. And now I'm going to bring the people. So now it's our responsibility to say, man, we've got all these people coming in our doors, all these kids and families that don't know Christ and we're the example and we have that opportunity to share Christ. And it's, we, we counted a huge privilege and a huge responsibility. <laughs> so it's, it's been, it's been cool. This is the edge of adventure podcast. And we are talking today with Micah Carter from big heart orphanage in Reynosa and Saltillo, Mexico. Also with us today, a uh, good friend of, of mine, good friend of Micah's, Brad Charles, who is, um, you, many of you know, travels and uh, assists and helps and serves organizations in many parts of the world in similar ways, just by coming alongside them, uh, serving them in particular with, with his craft and his trade as a carpenter and as a, as a builder. He's the kind of guy that can get those things done. And those kinds of skills, of course, can can be absolutely invaluable, super valuable in in these locations where um, there's always a project that needs to be to be worked on. And I know having been there to Reynosa and Saltillo, great location, great facilities, years of work that, that, that you guys have put in to make that possible. And yet I know there's always something else. There's always another uh, need uh, that as as you continue to take care of the kids there, and the communities. So as we get now to the close to the end here of our time, Brad, uh, give us a pitch. Why does, why would somebody uh, benefit from getting involved with big heart, helping them out, coming alongside them and saying, Hey, these are my skills. This is what I can offer. This is how I can be supportive. Why should somebody consider doing that? They pay you. <laughs> <laughs> you never know you never know what he's gonna say i think he said i think he said they pay you right yeah yeah <laughs> which they don't no i just um it's um 
once you start doing stuff for people, you won't stop doing stuff for people. Um, if you've never done stuff for people, you need to start doing stuff for people. Um, doesn't matter if it's in your, your neighborhood or, you know, at your, you know, uh, food bank or whatever in, in town. Um, you know, like I've said a few minutes ago, whatever you're good at, use it. Um, if you speak Spanish or if you speak Portuguese or if you're a good cook or you're a carpenter or electrician, um, you need to find out where you can best use your skills. And um, when you start helping people, um, you know, it's a, it'll come back to you also. Um, and, um, that's not the mo only motivation, but, um, that is a motivation. So, um, so I don't know, I'm, I'm extremely bl blessed to be, um, a part of Big Heart. I would consider myself a part of Big Heart. Um, I've invested a lot of time in Big Heart and they are my family. Um, and it would be really cool if you got involved in Big Heart because you would be part of their family as well. So I guess that's well pretty done. much sums it up. Well done. I said, give us the pitch. That's amazing. That's uh, spoken from the heart. It's one of the reasons why uh, Brad and I have been friends. Is, uh, I always uh, admire the way he expresses himself. Sometimes you don't know what he's going to say. But um, when when the truth comes out, it is real. It is authentic. And as you get to know him and a lot of you have already gotten to know him a little bit through some of the other uh, videos and activities we've had. But uh, just uh, always awesome to spend time with you, Brad, and wanted to be sure you were on with this interview. Wanted to get an update from Big Heart. Wanted to talk to Micah. But I know that you've meant a lot to to the organization there through the years and you know you had to be on this call because you're the reason why i found them and, and uh, got to know them as well so micah as we wrap up here what's next for big heart other than getting through the adjustment back to normal or the new normal after this whole covid scenario other than that what, what's uh what's on the horizon for you guys as we wrap up the show today um i mean Besides the work projects that we have going on, um, really our focus is just, you know, getting through this time. Um, there's an opportunity for us to, um, well, it's, I would say it's in the works for us to also start a school down at that orphanage, uh, in the mountains. Um, it, that, that orphanage is about a 25 minute drive from, the city. So it's, it's out in the mountains and right outside the walls, there's a community out there, probably about 40 families. Um, and there's no school in that community. They actually have to drive into town. Um, but what, what the school does is that, that they go to, they come and get picked up like at five in the morning and don't come back until 6 PM. Um, so our hopes are not only for the kids of big heart, but, for the kids in that community to be able to open up a school on the campus, uh, in the mountains and, 
and be able to give schooling to the to the kids. Um, and there's also no church in that community, um, and so we're able to do a lot of different outreaches. Um, but we're praying that potentially somebody would want to come and maybe even pastor a little little church there in that community, so that um, that 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 community could be reached. Um, but uh, besides that, I mean, working on our school, um, the growth of our school here in Reynosa is, is um, just continues to grow, um, which is a good problem, but it's still a problem just because of our facility size and all that. Uh, we're looking at maybe purchasing the land next door that is a vacant lot and uh, extending, uh, expanding that way because just we were built to maybe have 300 students and to have 500, we've, we've done what we need to do to, to be able to do that and do it right. But, um, size of the facility really needs to, to grow. Um, so that'll be next steps for, for big heart in our school in the next few years, hopefully, uh, just waiting on God to, to show us what the next steps are. So, all right, guys. Well, very well done. Again, my guest today, Micah Carter from Big Heart Orphanage. Let's take a look at the information here. You can look them up at bigheartorphanage.org, bigheartorphanage.org. That's really how you're going to find them on Instagram. That's how you're going to find them on Facebook. And you should look them up and follow them, like the page, stay engaged with what they're doing, but reach out to them. Let them know you're there. Let them know you heard about it here on the show. And and you want to find out how you can help. And as I think we've learned today, there really isn't, there's not like big ways and small ways to help. It's just the fact that you come alongside them and help in some way. It's going to bless you. It's going to bless them too. And uh, that's it. That's what we're all about here. And to me, these guys, um, they're the kind of friends that uh, that mean the world to me. So thanks, guys. Thanks for putting up with me as we uh, hosted another Edge of Adventure podcast. and. Uh, you guys uh, stay safe. We'll be in touch. And, um, you know, we'll have to do this again. And it's been a been an honor and a privilege to talk to you guys today. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.